Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean, and my ombre over here is... Fitz, hey, or Fitz, um, or Michael Christopher Fitzgerald, but welcome. <laughs> a man of many names. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting topics today, one of them being a little bit of a typographic thing with the government, and then we're going to lead that right into a very fun thing we all love to talk about, the recession, recession, <laughs> recession, recession. So yeah. um, I'm going to go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off if it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean with typography? So how nerdy do we get now? Yeah, so on a scale check from... this mug out. Oh, look who got a, a mug. Where'd you get that mug? That, that, that looks I, really I cool. think it was the Creative Infinite Podcast website. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. Sean always says the website wrong, uh, the name wrong, so I'm like, it's infinitecreativepodcast.com. And I got the mug from there. Should buy one nice. if you have some money. You really should. And this one doesn't even, it's not even misspelled. I didn't even put it out of, you know, so it's actually spelled right on there in, in order. The words are in order. So, but they're, they're great bugs. Get one, everybody. He even got one. So come on, you got to get one. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, let's go ahead. Let's jump right in. Um, I'm going to share this. So yeah, so recently um, there was a feud at the State Department where they picked a new font. So pretty much Ooh. for... I, I think since like it's got to be the early 1900s they've been using Times New Roman. Now Times existed yeah. before Times New Roman, so Times New Roman came probably in the 80s, 90s. But they're switching from this font um, over to a new font. So, so yeah. Wait, which so, is the new one? I'm very curious now. now so this is me. this is the old font. So this is Times New Roman. So it's a, so it's a it's a serif font. So serif for everyone out there that's that has the little feet and ears on all of the and all the letters so it kind of gives it that old school look but you know it's kind of it was used a lot for a long time and then so when you see sans serif it means that it's it's without the serif so so wait it's going from oh go ahead wait 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 before you show so i have a prediction so back in the day everything was very artsy finicky and that makes it more hard to read so i'm expecting now without seeing it or hearing about the topic at all totally unprepared as i am it's more simplistic easier to read uh, yeah, yeah, in, in terms of readability I want to see it. <laughs> and legibility. Um, so yeah, so now uh, the new one, actually, let me do this real quick. So the new Baby's one will new. be... <laughs> <laughs> so the new one will be Calibri, which is oh. um, a sensor font. So it's, you know, so you lose those ears, you you lose the feet. Now, what's interesting in typographic world is there's there's kind of a debate of, you know, while... While sans serifs are easier to read, they are they have been known to be more legible. That's why if you go on the highway, you'll see Helvetica. Are, actually, they use a, a different font that that was created for the highway system. That's that's. But those are all sans serif. Bathroom signs are always sans serif. You'll always see that. So so it's funny that it's taken this long, but now they're they're doing a big government shift to accessibility. The whole reason for this is is to get towards accessibility. So even the government themselves um, is worrying about accessibility and. We need to make our type more legible and readable. So, so yeah. So I thought that was a very interesting thing that now the entire kind of military government complex is going to ban Times New Roman and <laughs> comic sense. For, forcing <laughs> Easy everyone to read. Into, we got know, a right? nuclear country. <laughs> comic sense. Hey, it's definitely memorable. Um, but <laughs> you know, so so yeah. So they're switching this new font. So I just wanted to update everyone. We've talked about accessibility in the past. So the government themselves, I guess now. Um, is going to start start to really care about this. They're they're going to start to switch up their fonts, which I think is a pretty interesting thing. Um, well, well yeah, so... this all 
I, I think like that's also very interesting because like with that easier to read font, it's very round. And very round means usually friendly, comfortable. Like, you know, you associate a lot of things with like shapes. And if something mm -hmm. is sharp and finicky, then it feels more government. You know, it's not like the government is like, oh, we give you a little bit of leeway. They're really by the books. So I'm like, I don't even know if that matches them and how it should be, you know, um, what should be the perception of the government. Should it be like a fun and, you know, because like even even if they want to be more accessible or however you say it again, um, the words that they use, the language that they use, the grammatic that they use is still not like easy to understand or, you know, because everything is like, oh, yeah, we've got to make sure everything is very specific and not bendable. And yeah, so it's kind of weird. So I, I nearly think like it's not really matching the thing anymore then with the new font. Just yeah, saying. yeah. Well, yeah, like, uh, it's funny because, yeah, yeah, you're almost talking about it like a brand point of view, which which yes. is interesting because because the, the old font's cool because it's, you know, has this timelessness to it. Anything with, like, serifs has this, like, old kind of engraved in stone type of feel to it. And then, yeah, yeah going to this, it's more, you know, what's interesting is is back in the early 1900s, there was sans serif. So there was your, there wasn't Calibri, but there was stuff like it. And it was funny because it was regarded in the design world as very ugly, like of the ugliest types of fonts in the world. So it was actually kind of banned back in the early 1900s and most companies to not even use, use sans serifs because it was just, it was viewed as ugly. It was viewed as cold. And, and, and it's funny that now it's, it's almost the complete opposite. Like people are very, uh, you know, they gravitate towards, like you said, these kind of softer, rounder fonts. And, and then those kind of old school fonts, people... Are, are are kind of against in that way so so you're right on a branding level it's really interesting i think it's it's kind of funny because i actually view the government and military process as a, as a sans serif typeface where it's just cold yeah. and rigid and, and hot so, yeah yeah, where the, yeah the other one is like oh la di da easy peasy um friendly would be like if they put like some emotes in there too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this one's like a little bit friendlier, but, you know, even Calibri is like not, you know, the friendliest of sans serifs. It's 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 kind of one of those cold, old school um, Windows typefaces from the 80s, early 90s. So, so, yeah. So, even while it's maybe a little bit more friendly, it's still very cold and generic and has that cool generic government feeling to it. So, yeah, I just think it was very interesting. The whole government kind of, I know it's been in the typography world that, it's kind of a big deal when the government or, you know, this kind of a huge institution kind of moves this direction on a font. So, um, yeah, so all of you out there in the government jobs, you better get ready. No more Times New Roman. Changes are coming. But, yeah. yeah. So, that's so all. I, I think like now, yeah, I, I think like now we should jump right into the main topic that everybody is like basically talking about. Um, let's, um, oh, did I actually close it? Yeah, I probably closed it. Um, but, yeah, it is. The financial crisis. We are hitting our debt ceiling, and I should obviously edit this one out. Um, debt ceiling, U.S. Treasury. We don't edit around here, everybody. Oh, oh I do. The last the episode was a lot of editing. <laughs> it's true. He did. There was a little edit of me in the last episode. Yeah. So basically, what happens is like the government runs like um, a budget, and the problem is. You have a budget and you have bills to pay and things to buy. Um, you can run out of it and the bills are still coming, what is very relatable as a citizen. And yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Now we're talking from the fonts <laughs> on, and the government about the government having the new friendly font while they're like, oh, by the way, we're going kind of bankrupt theoretically. But yeah, we're, we're using a friendly font now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. So, yeah, kind of sounds like my my whole career. Yeah, we're over here worrying about the fonts while we're going bankrupt. <laughs> well, <laughs> you should right. send it in a nice uh, font when you say we like to your guys. I'm like, oh yeah, we don't have to mo- rent money this month, but hey, uh, I, I went ahead. And, I went ahead and changed the font on the lease agreement. It looks much better now. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> But yeah, um, overall, um, I think like today they're actually running out of money or tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure. And I think they have to decide if they push it farther out. And if they don't and they just hit and they default on all the um, money they owe and all that, then basically social security and credit cards and everything will go through the roof. And we're already at a point through COVID where everything goes through the roof. So this Mm -hmm. could be potential the next two days could be the start of a new nightmare you know like a financial crisis or it could be like just the the slow and easy smooth in into this um new era because like inflate uh, inflation is still happening everything still gets more expensive supply chain issues yada 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 it's we're not completely over the hill and it seems like it's more like a smooth and graduate thing but if they make the wrong decision right now it could be like okay we're speed running this what maybe is a good move to just recover, you know, and like, okay, let's have one or two shitty years and then we're back to normal versus like draw it out for 10 years. But nobody knows what's going to happen and nobody knows what's the best way. So that's how we are in the situation. What are your thoughts on that, Sean? <laughs> Run. No, I, um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I, you know, I do want to kind of make a little bit of prediction that, um, we're, de- I think we're definitely heading into a recession. I, I, I haven't really been convinced that we're not going to be running into a recession. Um, but yeah, you, you know, to, to kind of just second, um, kind of the news story of the, yeah, she's, uh, so, so, um, so our treasury secretary, she's already come out and said that they've had to do these kind of, I'm, I'm not even sure what these are, but they've had to do these extraordinary circumstances already behind the scenes to, to kind of at <laughs> least put this off till June. I don't know what any of those things mean, but the, so a lot of the financial people are saying that, yeah, if we and, and, and this all really came, I, we don't we try not to get too deep in politics here. But, you know, McCarthy recently just became the House Speaker. And through that, he had to make all these concessions to the extremists to, in order to even get voted in. And so by him doing that now, he's put all these people on financial committees and things that have already said that they're going to stop everything. They're unhappy with how much money is being spent. And so. There really is going to be this kind of freeze up, it seems like, um, where we are going to hit that debt ceiling. And like you said, you lose Social Security. We're going to lose a lot of the government programs, things like food stamps and things are going to at least slow down. So I'm not exactly sure what all the programs are. I know Social Security is the big one, which I know my parents um, definitely depend on. Um, But yeah, once you do that, you know, if those things do actually shut down, I mean, I know I have to make some really intense decisions with my parents really quickly, right, to keep them in their home and things like that. So that brought me onto a topic, you know, like I saw a video about that and I was like Googling, what should I do when the when that hits? And, you know, and basically if they did default on their payments, basically everything like treasure bonds and all that stuff is basically not getting paid out. And what you should do is invest in anything that is anti-government, like in, in that case, Bitcoin. I'm like, wait a minute. If the dollar is just getting more and more worthless exponentially and the one thing is holding mm-hmm. its value way better, obviously that's not financial advice right now. But this is just a thought that I had because like I, want, I thought, uh, forgot already what video I watched, but basically it's like – yeah, you kind of have to invest in companies that are not really bound to like treasures and, you know, bonds and all that stuff. And I'm like, huh, that would be one of the ways how you could invest basically right now. And 
it would still hold the value better. And I think like Bitcoin is right now at an uptrend. What is weird? Not that it's like, you know, but could be just saying. Yeah, What's your, yeah. your thought on that? How would you yeah, prepare you know, for that financial crisis? And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I'll say the same thing. Um, uh, we're not giving any financial advice on this podcast. We're two knuckleheads that are barely keeping our heads above water. So anyone out there, do not take this as legal or financial advice from us. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of an old school. I, I, I invested before a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon in 2020, um, you know, and where I, I've been investing for the last 10 years. Um, and, and so I think in the last 10 years, what have I learned in investing, um, losing and gaining money? Really, it's been kind of, it's kind of been a wash for me. But um, what I've learned is zig when they zag, right? So like what you had just said about, you know, the uh, cryptocurrency is probably going to go up while this recession happens. That's um, <laughs> out of focus. I could see that. Um, it's Bitcoin. I just bought Bitcoin. You just bought Bitcoin during the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, he's making financial decisions right now. I just had an idea and executed. You know, sometimes <laughs> you got to be fast. You got to do the zigzag. Because like, so, depending so what on you, what the news what, is, it, it could really implode theoretically or make a lot of money. Well, what do you, uh, I don't know. And what you just did, I, I think is okay, but I, I would caution everyone. That impulse buy thing, I would be yeah, very don't do careful it. of. Anything, leads to a lot of credit card debt too. <laughs> So, so what I was saying is, so 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 you would think that like yeah, get get Bitcoin um, once once this recession happens. But I would actually say get government bonds because guess what, they're going to be nasty and they're going to be really low and and the money. So that's when you buy. So buy cheap, right? So really, when you should have bought Bitcoin is is when the FTX went down. That's when you should have got Bitcoin. Was that day? Um, wait for the drops. That's what that's what a lot of people don't really realize is they they just follow the trend and it's like, oh God, the recession happens. That means I need to buy Bitcoin. It's like, yeah, but you're not as smart as the guy in New York who's been watching it every day. He's already on it. The price has already skyrocketed. So that's what right. I would say is, yeah, the day that the recession happens, buy bonds. I'm sure they're going to be real cheap. That's the day you buy into it. So zig when they zag is what I would say. Zig when they zag. Now it's like the the whole point is like, when do they say Zig and when do they say Zach and who said it first and what, you know, you can't be just like Zach when they Zach just because you think you're Zig when they Zach and this is very confusing, but. <laughs> and, and don't put all your stuff in piles. I mean, I think, I think it's what you've, a lot of people learned with FTX and a lot of the, the just the investing in 2020, all the just kind of, um, uh, what was it, uh, GameStop and all of that stuff is, is yeah. don't put everything on any investment, oh, you know. Yeah, you know how king. I actually got to the topic today? So I I do my business banking with Bank of America, and guess what they did? They and sell basically fucked majorly up and made money disappear. And I was like getting a notification on my um, Bank of America card, like, oh, yeah, no sufficient funds. And I'm like, what's going on? I just put money in there, and where's my money at? And the money was gone. And I'm like, what? How? And I looked the statements as it was never there. And I'm like... That kind of got me started on like that recession thing because that looked like really like, oh, it's one of those, you know, the bank is running out of money and doing shenanigans, kind of like in those other countries, you know. So I, I was like doing some research, yada, 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 got into the whole topic. And I'm like, is that actually like one of those signs where it's like some business people pulling some moves that they shouldn't pull, but they do it anyways, you know, because they know they maybe get away with it. And I'm like, okay. I wait till the evening, and then in the evening, I got my money back. And I'm, I didn't even do anything, but major outcry because apparently that happened like since like three, four days. And yeah, made the news. 
So now wow. I want to switch banks. I don't know. What is your, what is your bank of choice for business? Actually. Ooh. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, um, yeah, so I, you know, so my business bank, I use Novo for a business bank, which essentially is a BBCA compass or whatever. So it's a lot of banks. What they've done is they started other companies that are just yeah. like new age um, online only banks. But they're really what's funny is you look at who owns it and it's actually a big bank. So I think I'm with BBCA technically, but it's Novo. Um, yeah. But yeah, That's anyway, fancy. Yeah, it sounds fancy. It's not that fancy. Um, but you know, the, I, I think, I think, you know, it's, what's interesting, like, cause I want to, I kind of want to give advice to kind of other creatives out here. Like what, what, you know, let's say the recession happens, let's say all the jobs dry up, right. Let's say, um, people get laid off. Let's say it gets as bad as 2008, right. Where, where everything yeah. freezes, marketing budgets freeze everything. Um, you know, what, what's something that you think, like what, 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 what should creatives do? Like what, what lesson can we learn from 2008 that you think creatives can do today? If that happens, let's say I, I, I'm, a, I'm a designer today. I, I get let go because of the recession. What, what, what yeah. would you suggest for me? I mean, like, the one thing that you have to be is, like, flexible. And sometimes I'm, like, my spirit animal is a raccoon because I'm, like, I eat like trash. I, I'm, I'm happy in weird scenarios. I'm just, like, I'm thriving in that because if you put me in a system, I hate following systems and processes. But in business, you need to do that. This is now a very weird time where, where you know, like, okay, eggs are costing now nearly $9 or whatever, and there's supply chain issues, ibuprofen supply chain issues because of, like, regulations and whatever. So I, I think, like, the best thing you can do is, like, think outside of the box and abuse the system. Because, like, you could get some chickens, you know, and if you have the yard or whatever, you know, but then you get your own eggs kind of sort of. And... They now increase in value. You could sell now to your neighbors for ten bucks uh, more eggs, for example. Obviously, it's not as easy as that, but there's always a creative way, especially in weird times, because nobody knows what to do and everybody's just like quick to react and panics, you know. And what I see mostly happening is like people making courses and selling courses so they know they're on a sinking ship but they're just like hey i bring you onto the sinking ship and i teach you how to operate the ship it will be great you know you buy that course for free 500 dollars, and you're just like oh i'm motivated i'm hype i'm getting out of my career learning something new not realizing like you're now the buffoon in the new boat that is right now going down a waterfall you know and you're just like oh i made it you know it's kind of hot you know, switching careers. So the best thing you can do is like triple down on like, let's say you're an expert in cameras, recession hits, and there's cheap gear that you can use to make money. So you basically have to be very efficient with the things that you already know. So you see the deals, still have to be very calculated about making deals because a good deal is not anymore a good deal. It's barely breaking even, you know, because people just need the rent money right now and it's just like they're selling anything and you could be at that position too the next month or the month afterwards so you need to know how that thing will make you money or could make you money or what can you do to make more than just the money so that it's worth doing the flip otherwise you will be just like in the same position as them just one month later but being creative figuring new ways out building that course for example is a way <laughs> It is. It is. It's, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's funny that a lot of people there where they're kind of going to, yeah, I'll sell my ideas. I'll sell my knowledge. Um, because you know, it's cheap, it's cheap to put out there. I don't have to get it yeah. produced or anything. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with like, um, 
yeah, you you know, I, I would I would suggest to people, you know, obviously don't sell equipment that's going to to handicap yourself. I've had a few people few times where I've had friends that they they'll sell gear that they need to do their job and it, it makes no yeah. sense it's like okay well you can pay rent but like you said then what are you going to do next month now you have less cameras or now you have less gear yeah and so um you know what one thing I would suggest to people that I know now that I know that I'm definitely going to take advantage of um I wasn't really around in 2008 as a professional yet but um but what I would use this time around is is grant money I can't tell you how many how many cre creatives don't understand that you have grants in your own state for creative businesses um, especially... that, that is also an interesting concept. You know, you could get out a loan just to make it through the times and obviously expect to not have business and just use the loan to pay off the money that you're <coughs> just borrowed and pay rent and try to get the money back for future gigs. But it will be a tough – it's not It's not really financial advice, but it's just like, oh, it's pushing the, the, the timer away, you know. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but could be a good option, I think. Yeah, and so, and I also want to make a distinction between uh, grants and loans. So grants, in most cases, don't need to be paid back. So it's free oh. money. It's 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 the government will pay you free money to keep in business. Um, these governments, so I know Colorado, they have a creative economic fund. So so there actually is money set aside every year just for creative businesses in a lot of these states. And so a lot of people just don't know this. You just unless you're a grant writer, you don't know these things exist. So yet again, we live in a time of Google, right? So so I would tell everyone out there that if, if the recession starts um, and even now, if you wanted to, you know, start to just see what are some of the grants in your in your home state. You'd be surprised what's out there. Um, uh, that's something this last year that really came to my mind was like, whoa, like I could go for grant money. I can go for free. Things. So, so like, here's the question, though, if if the u.s treasury department defaults will they be affected of that you know because like that could change a lot <laughs> do you know what i mean theoretically yeah so where i'm like i don't know if they would just like okay we're taking whatever money we have to just like pay off whatever we can but it will be not enough because we're forced by law now and instead of pushing it away again well what, 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 how high the debt ceiling is right now how high is the debt ceiling you you no, 64 trillion dollars but um but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, the, the thing is, is, is I, I really think that, um, that, yeah, even if, let's say, the grant programs kind of start to shut down, let's say, the, the government will insert money into the economy to get it going again. So if you look at 2008, Obama inserted money to get the, the economy going again. So I think that would happen here, too, where, where there would be new grant incentives, new programs that would come out because they don't want the, the economy to shut down. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's also like kind of interesting as a business owner, you know, and as same for you, but I'm also like selling a physical product and I'm like, it is tough to make sales now. And like in the beginning, I didn't have to do anything. And, you know, now it's like I'm still getting some sales, but it's not as nice as it was, you know, obviously it would be nice. And I'm just like, what is now to move, produce more and just sell and hope that it sells, you know, or you know, go hard and invest in it or just like keep it as is and just like try to make as much money as I can with it or expand, you know. So I wrote into my to-do list basically um, hustle hard, advertise hard and basically go into a full mindset of hustling where I'm like right now I'm a little bit too late back and it's like I feel like it's like, you know, when – when shit hits a fan, everything gets separated, the strong from the weak kind of sort of, you know. So this is a moment where, like, if you have the right mindset, you maybe – and you push really through it, you can make a lot of money or just not make a lot of money but just be safe versus, like, you just completely default and it was the worst time of your life versus, like, that was a kind of shitty section, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So well, I, I mean, think I, a good work ethic could save um, the month, the the year, or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think you're 100 right on that. Where yeah, you you have to keep working. I mean, that's that's the thing is um, yeah. Don't don't get so depressed that you stop stop moving, you stop working. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I think it's all about also like building that cushion for yourself. So for you know we're we're having this conversation now, and when this episode comes out, it's not like the recession's going to happen then. Like I said. They're, they're kind of pushing it off to June, but this is yeah, kind some of say actually we're alert, all already like, one. well, yeah. And I, and I don't think, well, and that's the thing is we could be in a recession before someone calls it that, that does happen where there could be like, we, we could be in yeah. it right now, but I don't think we are right now. I think we're about to enter one, but you know, I, what I would tell people is, is that get prepared now. Let's just assume in June where it, it, it falls apart. Let's, let's just say, let's just assume it because the worst case scenario, you have extra money sitting around in June and now you can buy equipment or you can move it around. But that's what I would tell everyone right now watching this is I know that's what I'm doing. Um, even with my accountant the other day is we're just going to get my budget pretty much. It's going to we're going to be really close to zero. But it's like, let's make sure we can pay the taxes this year. Let's make sure we put in enough money away just to keep the business running, even if it's at a very low level. So we've already had that talk yeah. of like. What is the lowest level I can run this business? How cheap can I run this? You know, do I get rid of all the Adobe products, go to free stuff? Do I do I do all the stuff, but do I then pay my my $125 with the state every year to keep the business going and that's it and then just keep it kind of, you know, so so we're already having those discussions and I would tell people, you know, not everyone has an accountant or anyone to talk to, but I would say start to have those discussions at least with yourself. Already have that plan. Already have so in June if I lose my job, where are we at? And, yeah. and start to plan for that now. Get that cushion because it's just so like any disaster. Say, you got to be prepared. I would prepared. not even say cushion because like some people are in a hot spot already. Everybody is nearly month to month, you know. It's not like that there is cushion. You know, it's like what can I sell that is not required to just like make it net zero? That's at least like for me, you know. Like it's not like I, I if I run my business, I will be – next month plus a thousand you know at net zero or whatever so it's like there's no cushion for me at least so i'm like everything i'm seeing is like i need to get rid of that weight and there's a lot of that weight because i'm comfortable and i'm like oh i could have the gym membership that i don't use around you know because it's nice to have and i could go next week or today or whatever obviously i'm not going so i'm like I'm I'm carrying a lot of that weight with me and I'm also like being lazy what is also that weight and that is basically causing a lot of issues so I'm basically you should think less and get more rid of that weight like the subscription of like that I don't use or doesn't do anything for me you know what I mean Uh yeah yeah I mean and I think a lot of us have that um it's it's funny how many people I talk that that are our age that are like oh I have no money man and then once we start to dive into it I'm like yeah but you get food delivered every day and then you do this and you do that and you have a gym membership it's like actually you have like six hundred dollars you're wasting every single month yeah um so that is also like a thing that you should do right now Uh, it's like come up with a budget you know and see what is actually your physical budget write everything down every expensive every interest payment every um, subscription that you have every basically everything and then be like absolutely necessity or nice to have or must have you know like there's obviously a range of things that you maybe require that's maybe nice to have and I think like you have to have like um, a really good bookkeeping I think from now on, at least for um, a couple more months, 
to see what is actually really, really needed to do your job at a minimum or like at a decent level. And then just get rid of everything else because like it's not the time where you can carry a lot of that weight because you maybe have to buy something because it's a good deal. And if you don't do it, you basically miss out on that opportunity. You know, it's like it could be like, oh, I saw something. It's a good deal. Would be perfect flip. I don't really need it, but it's an opportunity. Somebody's selling something that I can buy on a budget. I maybe can even haggle it down and then that guy can pay his rent. But I can still do my job and buy the same thing that I already have. But I flip it, you know, and that type of stuff will keep you longer around than like, um, yeah, just running around and not flipping, you know, because like that's one of those necessities, like flipping gear, at least knowing the market value and the real value and just like taking um, advantage of all the av- opportunities because like obviously this is um, a rough time where a lot of people default on a lot of things and they have to sell. And and there's a lot of things that, where you can basically take advantage of and you should take advantage of because somebody else will. Yes and no. I, I, I would say I agree, um, but with a grain of caution. You, yeah. If you're not a master salesman, if your business isn't selling gear, if your business isn't flipping things, you're a novice. And so I would, I would yeah, tell everyone out there, Yeah, you need to be too, an expert, you know. You yeah. need an expert in that in the niche whatever you do as a profession you need to be an expert know what the value is what it's new used you know and that that is very important otherwise it doesn't make any sense so i'd caution if you don't have the money to play with don't play with the money um yeah uh, you know uh a lot of people yet again if you're going back into investing don't invest with the money that you're going to live on um so so I, I would caution. I would say, yeah, take advantage of these things, but maybe now's the time when I say create that cushion. Maybe you create a, a separate account in your in your bank that that's for the flipping, right? And then yeah. at, when you put that money in, you say, I'm willing to lose all of this because I very well may. I may make some bad decisions. Um, it's when everyone mixes all in the pot, right? When your rent is over here with the gear, which is over here with the subscriptions, which is over here with your, your memberships yeah. and over here with the fast food and everything's in this big pot. That's when you can really screw yourself up. So so one thing that I've done, um, and I've actually walked a few people in person and had them kind of recreate their structure based on what I do, is I actually have the max amount of accounts my bank will let me open because I have an insurance account. I have an, a rent account. I have what I do is I push everything into these accounts because when you put everything in one melting pot, your mind can't keep up with all the stuff. So, so yeah. I would say, tell everyone out there that, yeah, if you start to play with your money to try to make more money, that's not a bad thing, but you should separate it out. I would not yeah. have that be part of the rent, have that be part of the groceries. You never want that moment yeah. where you open up the bank account and you're like, oh crap, I just lost money on that. And that was my rent money. Mm-hmm. that's an interesting concept i kind of have the same thing i go like by saying you know like a squirrel is hiding the food in the summer and it does not know where the food is it will just randomly search at certain spots in the winter like did it borrow uh, down there like some nuts you know and that's like how i kind of do my business like instead of having multiple accounts on one bank account i have uh, multiple accounts in different banks you know so it's like it's really hard to now I have to sign in on this bank account and I can't, you know if you're in that one bank account and you see everything it's still there you know about it but it's nice to forget that you have money in a certain spot that you don't really need but it's meant to be like the savings account you know like we'll have multiple savings account like tucked away and the harder it is to get to the money the easier it is to keep the money basically and that that's like my my thing like I basically bear, borrow a barrel Barrel, barrel, a Bar- bunch of nuts. Yeah, that, digging down oh, and then put. Yeah, 
Yeah. Borrow? Yeah. Bury? <laughs> bury. Bury some nuts everywhere, you know, and then hope I find them back, you know, and hope I don't lose my money. <laughs> yeah, and there's times that I've done that too. And, you know, I'd rather make that that mistake, right, where I accidentally find money that I put away that I forgot there. I, would, I, I love that mistake more than the other side yeah. of the mistake where I think there's money there and there isn't money. Um, yeah, so I so I would suggest that, you know, I and I, I would tell people too um, is – I think the people that did the best in 2008 were were excited for 2008 to happen in a weird way, right? So, like, yeah. so for me, example, I I need a new car. I I drive an old car. Anyone that knows me, I drive a real old car, and I've been thinking about getting a new car for a long time. Um, I'll probably need to get a car loan, a small car loan, to do that. Should I do it now? Probably not. The the interest rates are fairly high now. They they kind of went up, um, but. I kind of yeah. know recession may be coming, so I'm going to hold off on but, buying a car because I know the rate's going to go down. So if you if you no, it's of, not going down. If you it's could going lead, up. It will go up. So so the way that the economy works is when the economy is going well, what they should be doing and what Trump failed to do is raise the interest rates. Um, and the reason you do that is when things like what's about to happen and what happened in 2008. When 2008 happened, what they did to keep to keep people taking out loans, because that's what keeps the economy moving, is people need to keep getting mortgages, taking out loans, is they'll lower the interest rate. And then that put, that kind of adds jet fuel to the economy. So in this case, we know a recession very well may happen. So I can guarantee you that once it happens, all the rates will drop because they need to push people to buy homes and keep the economy going. And so I'm going to hold on. I could buy a car right now and get a loan, but I already know that, no, nah, I think the rates are going to get better by, you know, yeah. at some point So on year. that note, though, that is also not financial advice, but here's where I'm, like, being the devil's advocate because, like, what I hear is, like, if the Treasury is not approving the whole thing, credit card loans and all those loans will go through the roof because, like um, – if they don't approve it, obviously they pro most likely will approve it because, like, basically the whole country will fail really dramatically if they don't. And that would, like, basically to the opposite effect that you just described where they're like, oh, yeah, we want you to take loans. So we, we lower the interest rates. But because if they don't do that, then the interest rates go through the roof because there's no money in the system and they want them, want everything they can have. I, yeah, if logic prevails, you would be right, but you're you're going to be wrong. That's the the way yeah. that the economy works is is going to be opposite of that. Uh, it's happened multiple times where. That's, yeah, no, that's just, I, that's, I agree. That, that's I'm their just instrument. Like saying, that's, a, that's what they play with. Yeah, so, so, that, so that's what they are like saying if they don't approve the new debt ceiling, because with the new debt ceiling they can do the loans. Without the debt ceiling, they cannot do the loans. Basically, because everybody would default. Basically. And then nobody wants to give loans because of that. And that is the reason why interest rates would go through the roof if they don't approve it because, like, they know they don't get the monies, you know, and it's really so hard to get of, a loan. And this gets a little too much inside baseball, but a lot of your rates, like, so your your mortgage rates, your, your student loan rates, all those are actually based on indexes. And those indexes are actually controlled by the government. So... So actually, the, the, a lot of these banks, a lot, uh, many of us think they can just play with their rates, but actually they can't. A lot of them have to be a tied, tied to these indexes. So, so the government actually does have a lot more control over the rates than it may appear, that the banks can just hike up their, their rates yeah. no matter what willy-nilly. But the, the government can actually force rates to go down um, across the board. And, and I think that would happen. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, yet again, this isn't financial advice. Sean could be wrong. And, and you know, <laughs> Sean this may be not, wrong. <laughs> this may not be exactly like 2008, right? Well, like, I think, you yeah. know, it, I it hope may be actually, I actually have like a positive prediction. And uh, I hope this is like the a new era because we have so many new tools. We have so many new opportunities. There's no many new unpredictable things, you know? So it's like, 
I don't really think it should be like 2008. I think this should be its new and own um, scenario where it's like, oh, no, there's great opportunity. We just have to find and look in the right direction and we will make plenty of money. But it's like it's really hard to be positive looking around for opportunity if everybody's like, oh, no, the ship is sinking. You know, like yes and no at the same time, you know, like – there's hey, good things zag. just like i said nobody's yeah. gonna everyone's gonna be too scared to start a business and start a business get those clients you know yeah i think when the going when the going's good is when you have the most competition right that's yeah. when everyone's like well i'll quit my job i have enough money i'll, I'll become a videographer where in two, yeah. when like a recession happens not everyone's gonna have that mindset not everyone's so that means your competition actually just got less and the people that give up and go yeah. into a job even less competition so that's what i'm saying is a lot of people may look at a recession and be like, oh, my God, I'm screwed. But really, like, you just opened up. If You if you, you just don't see it, but there's a lot more openings now. So so in a yeah. way, like, I would almost get excited if I was a creative. If, if there's a recession, it may seem scary. There's less money. There's less budget. But there's less competition. That's when yeah. all the weak people kind of run back to their jobs. That's when the people that were faking it Sell the gear, kind of basically. run back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're out there. Like, I need to pay rent. And the camera goes. And now you're the guy with the two cameras. And, like... You know, pick it up. But mm-hmm. it's an interesting time. I don't want to talk too much about that because we already like rambled now 20, 25 minutes or so about like the recession. Uh, very fun topic. <laughs> On that note, what keeps Sean creative um, today over the weekend? What, what, what's going on in Sean's world that is creative or – yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so some of the things um, I'm going to be launching a clothing company in the next month with one of my old clients. So that's really fun. Been Ooh. working on that for the last half a year. We're going to have uh, 12 SKUs. Um, we have about 50 to 100 inventory for each. So it's been a whole process of ramping that up. You know, things like shipping, taxes, um, kind of getting that ready, LLC, all those fun things. So, so that's yeah. going to be coming up. Um, the name of the company is going to be Fubar. So I'm really excited. Fubar? It's gonna, yep. <laughs> I like and that. So. Um, that's a, it's a military acronym for effed up beyond all recognition. It goes way back to like world war two era, but, um, but yeah, it's really, it's a super fun project. So I'm really excited to get that out. Um, I bought a lot of canvases. Um, they had a really great canvas sale, like 50% off on, on level three canvases. So now I have all the canvases. We don't see enough about Sean's art here. Like to be quite honest, you know, you do some cool art, you know, very, uh, Geometric. I can't geometric. talk. Geometric. Yeah, geometric <laughs> stuff. You know, doing a lot of yeah. geometric stuff. Very square and square and fair. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I really like it. But we need to see more of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you too. I want to see more of these lens stands than I do. But um, yeah, you know. So, oh, so, I have so a new that... one actually. So I because experimenting is like oh, God, the God, excited. Yeah, look at that. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, you know, and uh, and yet again, for New everyone prototype. watching, um, where would I get these stands? Etsy. Like, you hit the Etsy up at Fitzay or Lensstands at Etsy, and I'm the only guy selling them. So, <clears throat> should cope some and get also a muck on the way. But that is on the infinitecreativepodcast.com. Because, like, I actually really dig the muck because there's, like, um, some really cool buzzwords like scheduling, workflow, textures, cameras, JavaScript, creative block. Exactly. I really like that. Very creative. That's pretty much my whole day, actually. That's my schedule today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so it's been a lot of that stuff. It's been really fun, you know, getting the pings going, getting that going. Um, Dungeons and Dragons is kicked up again, so that's been really fun. You've been been doing Mid Journey, doing that again, which has been real oh, fun. Mid Journey. I have not even touched Mid Journey. I'm like more so from the the aspect 
of being useful. So far, ChatGPT is like the the way. So I tested it out. Um, I had a night where I did like a bunch of questions. Basically, put in like, write me a movie script, write me a movie script with a nice twist, write me some skits, write me video ideas. And I'm like, oh boy, it works so well. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, and I saved everything, but didn't do anything. So now it's like a time where it's like, how much can you execute with the questions that you ask? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, huh. That is now the new limiting factor because I feel like everybody will have like a ton of new content ideas that they could do, but not everybody's executing fast enough. All right. Yeah. So, so with that, like, what's your, what's your next step? What's, what's the new thing in Fitze and Fitze land for, for this year? Like what's your next uh, big move that you're making? So, so I had like a kind of dilemma, you know, like I think we texted the other day and I'm like, okay, I need to have long-term plans. And right now I don't see long-term plans right now. Um, any way shape or form so i'm like okay screw that instead of like being like um, depressed of like okay i want to see myself in 10 years in this position i don't even can imagine that a position is still there or is viable so i'm like what should i do should i do what i do the usual and i'm just like yeah let's plan everything out that i'm doing like i have like on micro i think it's called um where you can do those mood boards and whatever and graphics um i basically yeah, yeah. So basically laid out my whole business concept like, oh, yeah, Etsy shop, um, Shopify, YouTube, and basically built the, the, the business circle and how to promote more stuff and add to it and how to be more effective, you know, Great. and make everything come more full circle. Because like I could have also um, a Pinterest account, you know, with really nice setups for your lenses that leads also to Etsy or Shopify. And then we're building mm-hmm. a circle, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. You need just more of that. And like now I'm focusing more on lens reviews. So if I make a natural SEO focused lens review, I can promote my shop, you know, and then it comes full circle again, you know, so the shop is uh, providing me with money and I just have to provide the content. And then I can use the content to put on the mood board. And I'm like planning that more out and basically defining the circle more and maybe adding more tools to my belt, even though I already have too many tools, I would say. But yeah, it's a tough choice to do, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's great. I mean, yeah, the sales channel, the sales funnel, uh, definitely something I'm working on, too. I think we both are in the same place of like we're seeing that, yeah, you you have to somehow grab people. Um, and, yeah. that's, and that's hard. I mean, even on this podcast, I think we see how hard it can be where it's, it's hard to just get eyeballs on the thing that you're trying to do, especially in a world where more and more people are entering our space, right? You know, 10, 15 yeah. years ago there was probably half as many 3d printers as there is now. And, you know, so, and people making things in general. So it's like, so, so it's interesting. Like we have so much more competition now. That's, that's, that's where the competition really lies is. Yeah. We got to have these sales channels. Um, so I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm trying to like come up with these kind of new yeah. flows. How do I, how do I get clients in? Um, yeah. yeah so I, I feel like, like that is like a very important factor too, like to improve the, the uh, one product that you have, you know, and that's basically what I did. I'm like, okay, I built the channel a little bit better and thought about different ways that I can add to it and make it more like, you know, um, effective. I'm like, that kind of worked really well. So I'm like, what is the next thing I could add to have like besides a physical good, you know? And it's like drop shipping would be nice, but it's really hard to do, especially with delivery times. Like, so it's like a very interesting concept. And I'm just like, instead of worrying, I'm like, let's make it better, faster and be more efficient because like, 
the tools that I have and the opportunities that uh, opportunities that we all have in general, they are more than enough. It's just like what you do with them, how smart can you be with them, how much planning can you do, you know, to make it more optimized. And it's it's tough to do with stress, but it's still doable. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely something I'm doing too is just uh, yeah checklists um, for everything, for every single thing. You know, when I do a WordPress website design, there should be a checklist. When I do like website maintenance, there should be a checklist. When I come up with a branding package, there should be a checklist. So, so I'm in those places too, where I'm trying to get out of the place of reinventing the wheel. I think a lot of us creative people, we're always reinventing the wheel. We always, we, cause you know, when you, when you were a young person and you were creative, you know, it was a good thing to come up with new ideas all the time to always think of new ways of doing stuff. But, but as, as we, I think we've both learned as business owners, trying to do a new thing every time is, is just going to take away energy. It's going to take away time. And so, yeah. so thinking of things as products and being like, let's get that product flow to be easier and easier and easier. That's the way to go. Right. So, yeah. So I'm in the same place of like, we, I, 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 I want to push the bar still, but I don't want to always be doing something brand spanking new or doing stuff where I don't have a list and I'm forgetting little things like with website design and website launching. There's so many little tiny details that it's so easy to miss. Right. Um, and I mean, I, they I'm, matter too, you know, they can drive so much money, theoretically, like having an email list, you know, just having an email list for the podcast, for example, we could post on the email list, new episodes and reels. And if just like five people click the um, the link or whatever, you know, that would be a better starting point for a reel to go viral, because five more people watched it because of the email list. Obviously, it's less effective in the beginning, but if you have a system in place that's already running and is somewhat smooth and getting results, it's a game changer sometimes just implementing little things. Yeah, and over long periods of time, I, I keep having conversations with clients recently about email lists and and I, and I kind of tell them, like, in, in this first year, will the email list make a huge difference? Probably not. But the clients that have been very consistent and have done four newsletters every year, just a newsletter every three months for four or five years now, have built up an organic list of 400, 500 people, and they're doing amazing. I mean, they're literally getting 20, 30 grand out of an email campaign now. So yeah. it's so, so it's and that it can be a little it can be literally just a switch of a button like I have for example on my YouTube channel you know like you can upload a bunch of videos some of them maybe go viral don't go viral doesn't really matter but the point is you can overlay on the YouTube channel like hey a link to your own product and you can just activate that link to your own product can be sticker can be a lens holder and now you have a video that gets every month 5000 views and maybe 1% or 10% are clicking on that link because the link sounds interesting and immediately change your budget, you know, immediately generating money just because of like, oh, you got now a link up there that you can activate on YouTube in the description, you know, and it can lead to so much money. And it's just like, a, oh, did not know about that, should have put that in the bio or should have put that in the link in the top that gets blended and animated, you know, and it's like it's, it's game changing sometimes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, uh, and and I'm kind of giving advice that I don't really follow that well. But yeah, doing an audit on all of your stuff every every few months could be huge, yeah. right? Pull up your LinkedIn, pull up your Instagram, pull up your website, pull up everything, and and see the connections that you're probably missing, right? Be like, is there a way to have my website lead people through the sales funnel? Is there, or how's the how's the link tree look? And and should yeah. I be adding stuff to the link tree? I, I I go to so many people's link trees these days, and there's dead links. There's things that are, you know. So so it's it's not only being like gung ho and I set up all these systems because I know that feeling that day that you set it all up. You're like, man, I did a lot today, man. I could really sit back, yeah. and then they never touch it again. 
So, so it's like checking the systems too, making sure, you know, you know, for me right now with AI that I know you use AI a lot. I I'm using AI now for my copywriting where I'm going through yeah. now, I'm taking all my amateur copywriting and I'm putting it through AI and essentially saying, write it better. And it does. And then I put it back in. So that's what I'm yeah. doing now with a lot of my stuff. So my LinkedIn profile, even my, my website, um, where I'm, I'm taking all the text, I'm putting over an AI and they write it better than me. It does. And I put it over and just stuff like yeah. that, freshening things up. That's I'm always telling my clients that. Um, but I think we forget that too. You need to freshen it up and it's not just your website. It's, it's everything. It's everything. But, but also the flip side. Fresh... So, so, so here's the thing. Like I know like people where it's like, they don't want my servers and I'm like, I could make you probably like so much money just by putting that in your description, you know, like you can help so many people with that and they don't want the help. What is the most mind boggling thing? They sell something. They did not know that this is a possibility, you know, and they could just implement like that hyperlink in the, um, in the video, you know, and it's just like, Oh yeah. YouTube allows you to do that. Obviously it's painful to go through a video inventory of 200 videos and activate that link and write the copy for it, you know, manually. But yeah. Um, yes but no, there, right? Because you, you can do batch editing in YouTube. You can do batch yeah. editing in most places. So yeah. So no, I think, um, you know, and I, and I've been thinking about that too, right? Like, cause you know, I, the one thing I've always needed is like marketing help. And I, I, I almost wonder if you're out there and, and you're a marketer, you know, I, you should really figure out a way to come up with a flow to consult people like Fitzay and I, yeah. I mean, there's so much business there for like, like young creatives that would pay you a hundred dollars for an hour of your time to be like, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing this? Did you know you could do this? Did you know you could do that? Yeah. Um, you know, like I do website checkups. So one thing I am going to try to get into, I've been watching a lot of videos on how to cold call for emails, right? So do you use Loom or something? Do I go on your yeah. website and record a quick Loom, giving you a quick review of your website? You know, I, for marketing people out there, I, you know, I've, I've had people reach out on stuff, but, but there's, but if, yeah, if I was to have someone like literally look through my whole system, do a Loom and, and send it to me and be like, Hey, Hey, Sean, you know, I'm just going to give you some free advice on this, some things you could do better. If, if you're comfortable paying for a uh, hundred bucks for an hour of my time, I'll, I'll give you even more information and, and kind of audit yeah. your whole thing. I, I think there's so much to that. So if you're a marketing person out there and you kind of know those stuff, I, I would, I would run with that idea if I were you. Yeah. So there, there, there's also like ways and concepts, but I, I feel like there's also, you need to prepare for the, for the thing, you know, like it's one thing to have the idea like, Hey, I can go to this person and offer him that, but it's better. Like when you go to that person, offer them that you have the, the bad catalog, uh, the, the catalog of like, Hey, this is what I can for do you do for you for this price. These are the options, you know, and if you prepare for that situation, so it would be better mm -hmm. to prepare now for the situation and then go out, ask for it or offer it, you know, and it's like one of the things that we always can do too, is like prepare for a new opportunity and just like be hyper um, prepared mm -hmm. so that they were like wowed by the exam uh, of the experience that they will get when they are like, Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Whoa, cool. You know, and that's kind of what you want, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, even Jilna brought this up when, when she was on our podcast a few podcasts ago, where your first ones just do for free. If you don't feel like you're a master at these things, do it for free. Yeah. You'll perfect the process as long as you take notes, like see where where did you mess up? What could be better? You know what she but... did? Yeah, sorry for, for interrupting you. That girl actually executed so hard. We we talked on the uh, podcast about like, hey, you should make an ebook. Guess what she did? <laughs> she did make an ebook. She's like, Fitz, can you check that out? And I'm like, God damn, girl. It's just like barely a week and you're already writing on it, and, you know, having the slides and all Canva. And I'm like, damn, 
I was like highly impressed. But you're right, you know, like it's like, ah, oh, yeah. Sorry for interrupting. It's bad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And well, and you know, since you brought this up, I actually wasn't going to announce this on the podcast, but you just brought up Canva. So, so I, I, and I'm doing this on camera, and so you could you could beat this off camera. But for one of our first subscription episodes, I've decided I want to do a full walkthrough of Canva. So it'll be my first time using it, and I think that would actually be one of the good subscription episodes. Is is me doing a walkthrough of making some stuff in Canva. So, so if any of you want to watch a grumpy designer using a tool that he's long hated, but is I'm gonna muscle up, and maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll, I'll change my tune. Maybe I'll fall in love with Canva. <laughs> so, completely drunk doing the thing. Oh, I this Canva. There will be drinking. No, that'd be kind of fun too. So for all of you out there, we are going to be launching a subscription service. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's up by now by this episode going out. But if you either go to our Spotify or if you go to our anchor, uh, you can, you can log in and you'll get cool episodes like that. So I just want to announce that I I kind of decided, I think it would be a really fun thing for people to watch as I kind of go through Canva and either vomit or um, get my mind changed. So we'll see. I mean, like it would be so, so that is like going back to the, um, you have to have the back end set up, ready to roll. So when they subscribe, it will be a banger experience for us. That would mean like actually already have the thing set up post the content so if somebody signs up it's not empty and then like have the screen recording of sean being like drunk for five whiskeys in him and doing a little you just want to get me drunk on camera you're just trying to destroy my career that's all that's happening yeah. here. um but yeah, yeah so by the time this is up uh yeah um you know we we need any help we can get so so i just want to announce that you know uh, i think things like that would be really fun i think um so feel free to comment below or send us a message if you think that would be cool content as we just kind of watch the first time through on this stuff right because i think it's fun to see masters of canva but it's kind of fun to see someone's first time using these tools too so to see like yeah can i make a flyer can i make a website in canva you know so it'd be kind of interesting and i mean like that is like um, a very good thing to do for us and i I feel like the future is bright we just have to be creative and focus on the 80 20 whatever works and double down on it and yeah yeah yeah, i I agree with that i do want to like highlight like that again of like yeah you know 80% 80% of the work are, yeah, 20% of the work is an 80, per, or no, it's 80% of it's essentially easy and 20% of it's going to be difficult. And so, and so try to remind yourselves about that too. And when stuff's getting crazy, you can do a lot and very little, you know, so Jilna, um, you know, made her, made her ebook, you know, she got to that 80%. Now there's probably 20% of her getting that book to be really good, but you yeah. could do so much. You could do that 80% in one day. So yeah. So as, so if there's a recession, if things start to fall apart, just remember that like you could you could sprint in a direction and get a lot done. So yeah. one thing that I and we could talk about this in some other podcasts too is I, I what what I what I've kind of done a few years ago is I started to think of things as sprints and sprinting through stuff. And I'll even put it when I put it in my calendar, I'll put sprint because because then you all you're thinking in your mind like just go. Don't get caught up on the obstacles. If there's an obstacle, write it down, move on. And I think having that type of approach on stuff is what, what you're going to need, right? Like, let's say you got fired. It's June of this year. You get fired from your job. Rent's due next month. You have 30 days to get that money. You know, instead of like kind of being frozen in the fear, just realize that today, that day that you found that out and you're leaving the office and going to your car with your stuff in your box, you could start a new business before you even get home. You could yeah. learn a new skill that day and start something new. So, so that's what I guess my final send off would be in the recession is, is, is just don't forget the fact that you learned what you do now and that you were able to do that from nothing. You went from zero to where you are now. So you can do that again. And so yeah. just, just move, keep moving. Yeah. 
fears the enemy, and obviously we're all humans. But in the end, we got this, so stay strong, you creatives out there. And I would say this was a good podcast episode. Thank you, Sean, for um, being on the Creative Infinite podcast. <laughs> uh, he's going to give me a lot of grief. Yeah, so for everybody, no, I'm just leave, messing. A, leave a comment on every episode where I say it wrong, so we can definitely we can get a good idea of how it, because I've said it wrong many times in this podcast. But, it's, it's but yeah, right. yeah. Thank habits. you, my my friend. I uh, you're, you're always a great podcast uh, host as well. So I think, um, yeah, we're going to keep this going, man. I, we have some exciting ideas. So oh yeah, in here. February will be very interesting too. Hint hint. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you, everyone. Be creative, be brave, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>